This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome into a Monday edition of Spits and Suds on 105.3 The Fan. Thank you so much for joining us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday as we talk Dallas Stars and NHL hockey with you, the DFW sports fan. And a quick shout-out to everyone who joined us at Boomer Jacks on Saturday afternoon. Several of you came up and talked hockey with me, and I just I love it, you know, showing me pictures of, uh, you know, guess which Dallas star this is and stuff like that. It was great. So another Tolo asked me, are you a Boston University fan? And I knew where that was going, the Jake Ottinger reference. So uh, thank you guys. Uh, I appreciate you listening, and uh, please spread the word because we want to create as much hockey content as we can here in DFW. And joining me is my NHL guru, Sean uh, Shapiro, on this Monday. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm doing well. It's... uh... My uh, my ba- I know this is a hockey podcast, but uh, my baseball mood is slightly better. Obviously, I'm happy for all the Rangers fans who I'm yeah. sure crossover who signed my arguably my favorite baseball player of all time as a as both of, as a Mets fan. But uh, Justin Verlander going to the Mets, so I my baseball mood is a little bit better for my uh, my summer viewing after losing Degrom to the Rangers. But happy for your Rangers fans and uh, <laughs> happy for the. Uh, but also, it's a it's a good month. It's a good Monday to be talking about the Stars where. Uh, we're talking about it's kind of interesting, right? To be talking about a game, we'll be talking about what happened this weekend, where technically not a win, but didn't feel like it doesn't doesn't really feel like a losing Monday at the same time. No, I mean, you know, you talk about like you know, kind of say it now. It's like good point. You know, any 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 road point is a good point, and then at home, this would count as a a good point. So, uh, for reference, the Minnesota Wild got in um, at about eight thirty p.m. Coming off, uh, uh, they played Calgary in Minnesota. And so got to their hotel about 9. And for the first two periods, I really thought they had the better legs. I thought they were working the corners really well. I was really impressed with uh, big number 75, Ryan Reeves. Um, I-, I thought that fourth line was giving the Stars all kinds of fits. Reeves had two assists. And, you know, the Stars were five uh, losing 5-1 to one going into the third. They pulled Ottinger. Here comes, uh, sorry, four to one. Wedgwood comes in, um, an early tip that Wedgwood couldn't do anything about, and all of a sudden it's five to one. I'm like, oh my goodness, you know. Um, and I feel bad for the Stars fans that left. I don't blame them for leaving, you know. Um, and all of a sudden the comeback uh, began. What were your thoughts on this game, Sean? Yeah, um, on on one there's a. Uh... One thing I want to remind people is you talk about, I believe it was, I just had to look this up while you were talking about, because you brought up people leaving the game. There was a, there's a great moment. I don't know if people remember it. It was, uh, if anyone who is old enough to remember this back on uh, October 
back in 1995, there's a pretty famous stars goal call of never leave a hockey game where they win that they came back from the, I believe they were down five, one and came back in the third period to beat the Bruins six to five. And uh, it's just kind of, I always kind of, I remember just the call, the final goal call of that one is never leave a hockey game. So that's kind of the message that, uh, that that was uh is being sent to the people who left in the third period obviously i feel bad for him but it's just kind of funny you bring up it brought up memories of that from doing some research on that through stars history but the other thing about stars history this reminded me of a lot of just being the opponent and the nature of the comeback and obviously they didn't win this game but it reminded me a lot from uh, october 2019 when the uh, stars were they were down they were down they were down uh three nothing and uh, they scored six unanswered against Minnesota to come back and win. It was a game that everything was going really poorly. Things The team was struggling. And it looked at that time where there was serious concern and legitimate concern about management and coaching. And it was kind of one of those games that kind of saved everyone and saved seasons and saved a job. And um, the stars didn't need this game to this job. No one's job was on the line or anything like this, but it just, it just kind of the opponent being Minnesota, a furious comeback to get a point And just, it kind of brought back memories of that, of there's, it's kind of funny how history kind of ends up repeating itself. And uh, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's funny to see that happen again against Minnesota and I didn't like that. You don't, you, you want to get the second point, but to get the first point and after the way you played and to rally the way they did in the third period, it's uh, you definitely, it's definitely a, uh, what's the word here? It's definitely, it's, it's a moral victory, but it's a moral victory I can live with because once you accept that, okay, we messed up the first two periods and then you made up for it. I can live with that. If, and so I'm happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know from, I don't know if it was Minnesota had tired legs. I just think that once that mm-hmm. first, the first goal in the comeback, but the second goal, goal overall, it was just like, I felt like the stars just all of a sudden like, all right, here we go. And yeah. just the sustained pressure in that Minnesota zone and that first line became absolutely unstoppable. And just like things that I wanted in the first 40 minutes were coming to fruition um, just creating havoc in, in front of Flurry, And, I mean, you know, to that point, he had played really, really well. And, you know, I'll say this about Ottinger. I mean, probably could have made some big saves, but I didn't think Ottinger was bad. Um, I just thought that Minnesota was, you know, dominating in front of the net, winning in the corners, and uh, two of the goals were deflections. Yeah, I don't think Jake played poorly. I think this was more of a momentum. Yeah, more of a momentum thing. I think I don't blame. I don't. I don't have any fault with the pull. I think you could have kept a Jake in. I think you're also fine with how it worked out. Where obviously you do it for the change. And I think coaches. I, I think it's it's kind of it's something funny. Like it's I opened this podcast with a commentary on my on my baseball fan, but I also think sometimes we overly um, and we overly look at pulling the goalie as like, Oh, it has to be complete failure. I sometimes wonder why. Um, and I know why it's because hockey history and culture have been built this way, but it, I would love to see like some coach, some team be willing to better look, to look at starting goalies more like baseball pitchers, right? Like how many times, like sometimes if a baseball pitcher 
gets pulled, if a starting pitcher, especially in today's day and age, right? Like if they get pulled after the fifth inning, it's not that they're a failure. It's like, okay, well, you gave us five good innings. You didn't, you gave us what we need and we can move on. It's not like you're a failure. And just, I always wondered why we don't get to a spot where coaches can treat starting goalies a little bit more like that, where, Hey, we're not saying that you were poor so bad that you were losing us the game, but yeah, you didn't really have it in the first period. We're going to go to the other guy and it's, it's okay. You'll still be back. And then like, I, I would love to see, I would love to see a coach be willing to embrace that philosophy with his goalies, because I think there's times where you could look at a goalie where it's like, you know what? He's not bad, but the other guy might be sharper tonight. Yeah. And so it's not, it's, but it's, why not? It's treat goalies like baseball pitchers is where I'm going with this. Okay. And <laughs> As a former goalie, tell me this. I've always wondered, and, and would it hurt the room overall? So, yeah. what would happen if you put Ottinger back in for the shootout? Or overtime? Um, I don't think it would hurt. I don't think it would hurt the... I, I think the shootout one is definitely something I would consider. I wouldn't want a guy going cold, cold. into the uh, okay. into in, into the overtime. I think, over, I think there's kind of a... There's an overall play from if if the guy finishes regulation, um, and go and take it, let it let him if he's made it through the end of regulation, let him have the overtime. But I do think that teams, if you have if someone is a better is better at a shootout, there's some goalies who are frankly better. Like Robin Leonard is someone who would even admit it that in Chicago and Vegas, Robin Leonard is terrible on shootouts, and he would even admit admit that he was terrible on shootouts. Like if Robin Leonard was my goalie and say he was healthy obviously he's not he's missing this season but say he was healthy in vegas and you go to a shootout as a coach it would be the smart decision to put your other guy in because no matter who they are leonard you know is self-admitted that he's bad at shootouts and mentally has not has, has not handled them well and so why would you not go to the other guy and so i i don't think i would do it for three on three but if all of a sudden like you're looking at if you were thinking, you know what, and maybe this is the situation in the stars where you could have done it. You said, you know what, hey, let's go to let's go to Jake for the shootout because he's a better shootout goalie and he is a better shootout goalie. And so I think in this case, and I don't think it would have hurt the room. I think it's something where you would have easily, as a coach, you say, I made my decision. I'm gonna live with it. And you 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 handle it and you've got a goalie coach for a reason to handle those things. And especially with this Dallas team where you have Jake Ottinger knows his role. Scott Wedgwood knows his role. It's not like you, it's not like the old, it's not like you've got two guys who are considered quote unquote equal. And then that would be you indicating you're picking one or the other. Scott Wedgwood knows he's the backup. Scott Wedgwood knows he's the support man. Him being pulled for a shoot, being putting Ottinger back in the shootout, isn't going to send a message that of anything we don't know where Jake Ottinger is going to be the number one guy come April and May and playing every night then. Yeah, and it kind of was lost in the shuffle that, you know, Jake yeah. did pitch a shutout the other day. Um, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I think we both agree that he has not yeah. looked as sharp. But, I mean, he was playing at such an elite level prior to the injury. Yeah, and he's I mean, he's still he's still good. He's still playing well. It's not, it's not what he was doing before the injury and going back to the Calgary series. I mean, he's kind of, I think, regressed to a little bit of the norm. He went from a heater to the norm, and it's just kind of avoiding – the you remember last year there's a couple times where Jake did have some down stretches and that's when Wedgwood played a little bit more and mm-hmm. I think the key for um, Ottinger this year is to eliminate 
to never let it become two bad games. That's, that's, I think like you're allowed to have a bad game. You're allowed to have, have that, that at this point in Jake Ottinger's progression, I'm okay if he has a bad game, but you don't want it to, you don't want him getting pulled the next game and you don't want, you want. And so I, I'm okay with where Ottinger has been in his progression. I think he was a little bit ahead of time with his early season heater. And I think we're just kind of now seeing the natural evening out of it. And you just kind of, and we're going to learn more what baseline should be throughout the season for Ottinger. Um, and I'm fascinated to see how he responds to getting pulled. I think he's going to be, I think it's going to be something that he's going to respond well to mentally. And just, we're going to see what the play on the ice does. 100% he's got to play two, tomorrow night, right? I would think so. The only reason I would guess, the only reason I would even hedge a bet against it is just the fact that um, Pete DeBoer is a very, uh, he likes playing on the emotional human connections with guys. That's why Scott Wedgwood played the game in Toronto. Um, so I don't, that the only reason I would, I would, I would, I would bet pretty heavily that Ottinger plays tomorrow. But the only reason I would even think is if, Pete DeBoer's mindset goes, Hey, we're playing against Scott Wedgwood's childhood fan. I mean, obviously in Toronto was more of you're from there. And so the only reason is because he played Scott Wedgwood in Toronto would make me wonder, but that's it. But in general, I would expect Andre tomorrow. eBay motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. He's Sean Shapiro of EP Ringside and of Shap Shots, covers the NHL and uh, is a great NHL and star's brain. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, and you're listening to Spits and Suds, the Monday edition as the Stars with a big comeback and take a point in overtime against Minnesota. So, Sean, I saw it through two periods yesterday, and you know this is kind of one of my, you know, talking points with this Dallas Stars team, I still believe as we make it toward the playoffs, when the shrink, when the uh, ice gets smaller, that I think this team struggles against heavier teams. Um, are you with me on that, or is it too early to tell? Um, I'm still, like, when someone shows you something, when a team shows you something, and they have been pushed around a little bit, they got... Um, the matchups with Winnipeg have not been, for example, Winnipeg has had their way with Dallas this year, particularly in that game in Winnipeg. Um, I don't know if it's 
heavier teams. Um, I, I get what you're saying on it, but I, 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 the question for me is, is it heavier or is it something where this Dallas team and the players, not so much the coaches, but the players who have been used to playing a more defensive structure and have been, had been programmed that way for about four or five years where if they get, they get into that mindset that they have to match the other team's style and they're not built to match that style when they need to just play their own game. So I don't know if it's, it's, it's an interesting theory. I don't know if it's just getting pushed around and they don't have enough physicality and they're not heavy enough, or if they get too easily roped into playing against a defensive team in the way the defensive team wants to play. I'm not sure which one it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, and I'm, t- I think it's too early, frankly, to be worried about it. I think it's, I think it's a space where, I think in a playoff series, I think you're going to have a little more focus. If it's the focus getting roped into another team's system, I think the stars will be more focused up, and then I don't think it's as much of an issue, and I think they'll be fine in the in, in a playoff series because it's hard not to be focused on that. If it's the heavier, they're getting pushed around by a heavier team and all of that, I have a little bit of a concern, but my concern becomes more of how do you fix it from within how do you, how do you, how how do you fix it from within? I don't want you. I want you to build this group to be ready for that. I don't want you to have to go out and get someone to fix the problem. I'd like to see you build this team from within. You build the mentality around. Okay, we're going to be ready for that without having to go spend an asset to go get a piece. I, if I'm going to go get a piece, I want to go get Gustav Nyquist, right? I I, I want to go get another goal scorer. I don't want to go get another I want I don't want to go get another uh physical player I want to be able to build that from within and that's the way I think about this okay uh so let's move on to Toronto two of the hottest teams in the NHL matching up tomorrow night it's a terrific affair at uh, the AAC uh Toronto after kind of a slow start where there were some questions now has gelled together um pretty much after the Austin Matthews no fight situation it seems like they you know came together um, uh, boy, you know, they're tough. I personally feel as though, you know, and people say this every year, but I think this might be the year that, uh, Toronto gets past the first round. I mean, remains to be seen until, until they can, but I, I'm telling you, like, I was just in Vegas and I was like, man, like, I really like Toronto. I, I like their lineup. I like their vet presence along with some young kids. Um, so you know, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. How can the Stars and how do they fare matchup-wise against Toronto? Yeah, I mean, it should be an exciting game. Like, I think it's two teams that, A, you talk about two teams that are playing really well, and you talk about two of the – it's the first time – I looked this up earlier today. It's the first time in uh, NHL history where you have two players playing against each other with 18-plus point streaks. And obviously Mitch Marner's at a 19-game point streak and Robertson's at an 18-game point streak. So you're talking about – two teams on incredible hot streaks, but two players on even hotter streaks. And it's like, I I look at Toronto and I look at the way they play and I look at the way things go. And obviously the first time in Toronto, it was a game that the younger Robertson brother kind of stole the show. And it's, I I think this could be fun hockey. I think this could be up and down. I think it's going to be, it's going to be a space where I think you could see a good amount of goals. Um, And you look at the Maple Leafs, and I know 
you talk about them getting past the second round. I just always worry about them, them getting past the second round. The issue becomes they're going to have to face Andre Vasilevsky and they have yep. Matt Murray in goal. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and that, and that's the, that's the issue for Toronto is I look at the, I look at the back end and I'm like, I don't see the issue is just the matchup they're going to be stuck in. And that's nothing against how they're doing this season. It's just overly thinking ahead on things. Um, I Marner right now is, and I think this is something where people, you're, if you're going to be at the game, it's one of those where if, if, if you're going to the game and you want to ISO up on watching one or two players, just try to, and they probably won't be on the ice against each other that much, especially with Dallas having the last change. So if you just want, just watch Marner and just watch Robertson. Like it's kind of one of those games where if you're going, I'd say like, Hey, do it, do it, do a favor to yourself. Just with how well both of those guys are playing right now, just kind of just focus on both those guys and see how they do every single shift. I, I earlier today, I was going through a bunch of Robertson's goals from earlier this season. And it's amazing just to see the, the amount of times he just kind of drifts kind of swivels, does little things that look like they're not connected, and then bang, it's a goal. And Marner, a little bit more energized, a little bit more active, but also very similar in his positional awareness. So if you're going to the game, take take a period, take a full game, just try to focus on those two guys when they're on the ice, and you'll just you just appreciate it because I think it's something that doesn't come around that often, especially when you got two guys with these type of type of point streaks going to head to head. That would be what I would be most looking forward to if I was going to that game in person tomorrow. The other thing is Nick Robertson will likely yes. be in the lineup due to injury with Toronto. So he's been getting regular playing time. So we'll have two brothers on the ice. That's always cool to see in hockey. So Nick and Jason Robertson. So mom Robertson will have to uh, root for both uh, to, to play well. So it's all, yeah. uh, always always cool, and uh, you know Nick has shown a lot of good flashes uh, for Toronto, but tough to crack that uh, Maple Leafs uh, lineup. So you have yeah. mentioned a couple things, Sean, in this podcast, and I was going to surprise you okay. with <laughs> a brand new short segment as we end today, and okay. it's called Rapid Fire because you're a goalie and you're about to go okay. off the ice, and that's when everyone just you know, takes their slap shots, and then you uh, leave the ice first. It's because, of course, Sean Shapiro is getting the start tonight. So let's start with the Dallas Stars-Toronto Maple Leafs question. Sean Shapiro, which pair would you rather have, Matthews Marner or Hintz Robertson? Ooh. Um, I'm going to have – am I am I going in a vacuum or going with current contracts? <laughs> Man, this is your segment. You can go wherever you want. <laughs> uh, I'm going with the uh, the going with Hints Robertson based okay. off the contracts. It's okay, pretty, it's pretty it's pretty close, but I'm going with Hints Robertson based off the contracts. I think uh, Matthews. Uh, I think Matthews Robertson. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch them together in the Olympics in 2026. Hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. I will say this, uh, experience wise, and more consistency. Not that Hints and Robertson yeah. can't do it, but they have not done it with the consistency of. Matthews and Marner, but yeah. the fact that we're comparing two Dallas Stars against Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner—that's a very good sign for the Dallas Stars' future. Yes. Okay. It is. Just over a quarter of a season uh, done. Sean Shapiro, best division in hockey. Best division in hockey. Um, let's go with. Hmm. I would say. 
let's you know what i'm actually going to go with the central just from the depth of it i'm i'm mm-hmm. i'm always i've been a and i know the best team right now is boston at 23 at 20 and 3 new jersey's 24 and 1 i know you have in the atlantic in the metro you have probably the top teams but the central right now you look at the between dallas winnipeg minnesota even even in colorado and nashville like i i know it's just such a stacked division. And I just think it's kind of the depth is bringing the depth of the division is bringing everyone's records down. And I think you're going to see the result of that. Cause I w- it would not surprise me um, if you see the team, whoever the wildcard team is, if they come from the central, if they potentially come through the Pacific division, I think the central is just that tough with how they beat, how everyone's beating each other up right now. I don't disagree. The central's really good. Um, I would also throw in a vote for the Metro, even though they don't mm-hmm. have, like a couple of dominant teams, obviously New Jersey's playing really well, but if you look at the depth and with the New York Rangers sitting at the fifth spot in the Metro division, that's Capitals yeah. six, Flyers seventh. It's like, yeah, they're still decent yeah. teams. So I'll tell you what, if you look at the, the Atlantic, the Metro, the central, I mean, really, you know, the Pacific is, you know, pulling up the rear. Um, but even then, you know, you got the Knights, the Kraken, and the the Kings have thirty points, and then the Oilers, and so it's it, parity has reached the NHL. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I uh, I, I like the I, Seattle is legit too. I like them. It's I think the Pacific is it, it's 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 wild to look at the Pacific right now with the top two teams being the two newest teams in the NHL. But you know what? That's fun at the same time. So Sean Shapiro didn't even know about this segment, and he has brought up the questions in this podcast because the third rapid-fire question is, which one of these teams will fall off? New Jersey, Seattle, which he just mentioned, or the Detroit Red Wings? Uh, I think it's going to be Detroit. I think they are in a spot where... I think they're playing well. I think they have some good structure. I think they're on the right path, but I think they're a little bit, they're ahead of schedule right now. And I think as things continue to average out and as, as things continue to play, I don't think they're going to be sitting in that wild card spot. I think, I think Detroit, I would look at, Hey, playoff team and playoff contention next year. But I think right now is a little bit too early. Um, because they're kind of they're they're not as good in the overall structure and the way they create and as a team that they need to be yet and that's not anything against Derek Lalonde I think Derek Lalonde is actually taking them in the right direction quite quickly I just think Seattle for example is so much better structurally built right now and they're moving in so many ways that I think it just seems more sustainable to me than Detroit And final question as we rapid-fire Sean Shapiro. Did you feel when Montreal and Toronto came to town that there was a difference? Is it, is it, talk about, is it similar to the Yankees coming to town? Oh, okay, yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, I think there's a difference when you go to Toronto. Like, I think there, as far as, like, from a hockey perspective, of course, you go to Toronto and Montreal, I think it is there's a difference for players just between the the microscope and all the family members and, and all every single Canadian television station is trying to get your guys together to talk and everything like that. Like, I think there's a difference when you go there 
I think in today's day and age, I think it's cool for the hockey history buffs like myself when they come to town. But I think for today's player, I think the whole aura of, hey, it's an original six franchise that's coming to town. I think that's not as big of a deal as uh, that's not as big of a deal anymore with today's player, because these guys you talk about, like, I mean, they didn't it's not like they they can't I mean. The NHL, when most of these players were born and, and everything like that, was already a 26, 27, 28 team league. So um, I think for the hockey history buffs, it's fun. I like I like hearing the double anthems before the game. But beyond that, I think it just becomes another game. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What do you think of rapid fire? I like it. And I All do right. have, before we, before we go, I, All did, right. I, we did, I, we did get the answer on the hats. I oh, got I got the, it too. Oh my God. That's such a great memory. I have it too. You go first. So, so I, uh, so Joe, uh, from the stars PR, let me know, uh, that the, so the, the fountain, it's actually fitting because Rope had the hat trick on Sunday. So we have back-to-back hat tricks. So the hats are collected for the stars. The stars foundation collects them and donates them. They clean them. But the other kind of neat wrinkle right now is, uh, so Joe actually texted me literally 25 minutes ago when we started right, right around the start of this podcast that uh, before they get donated this time, Sean Barry, who's with stars team photographer, who does an excellent job. You see any of the promotional materials, the stars do uh, Sean does a really good job with it. Um, apparently he's using the hats for a big photo project right now, which I'm really looking forward to see when that comes out. So, the the hats are going to be part of a photo project and then they'll be cleaned up and donated. And so all sorts of good coming from Robertson and, and, and Rope scoring back-to-back, uh, back-to-back hat tricks. Yep. I actually got the same answer. Yeah. Cleaned and donated yep. to a youth charity. Yep. So there you go. That is yep. something that I've always wondered and uh, we have the answer. So if you guys always out there listening, if you have a question you've always wondered, just, uh, Shoot it uh, my way, and uh, we'll put Sean Shapiro on the case. Yep, I'm going to make you do the work. (laughs) (laughs) Sean, you're a beast. Thank you so much for joining us. Should be an amazing tilt tomorrow night. Super excited to be at the barn at the AAC to watch uh, uh, Toronto-Dallas. Should be a great game. Sounds good. It's going to be a fun one. Everyone everyone enjoy, and uh, uh, it'll be be fun to watch the – the I guess we call it the do we, I don't know if we call it the Robo Cup or the Robo Bowl with both Robertsons. So we'll just that's always fun too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's 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 cool. There are a lot of cool things happening. I mean, we have point streaks on the line. We have brothers playing. We have two of the hottest teams in the NHL. This is a marquee matchup. So super excited and uh, look forward to uh, 
talking about it uh, later in the week with you. And thanks to all of you for joining us on Spits and Suds. Let's continue to grow this thing. Um, spread the word that uh, we have some great hockey content right here on 105.3 The Fan. Have a great day, everyone.